motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. We'll round the show off by covering this week in wrestling. So if you'd like to kick us off, Carl, with um, the Raw. Not the most recent, not the one that's just happened because we're still <laughs> recording. Guys, give us time. My bad, my um, bad. No, it's no one's bad, Carl. It's, it's WWE's bad for having a three-hour fucking show. Or yeah. we could probably box it off. But hey-ho, it's, it's, it's still recording, guys. You know, we'll watch <laughs> it and then we'll do it on Sunday or Monday. Or... It'll be Monday because we've got Extreme Rules this week. I'm yeah, digressing. Makes sense. So, makes sense. Do you want to talk about the, the Raw? We, like, the, yeah, do you want to talk about that Raw, the other Raw? Yes, let's do it. So I think, um, as you've probably come to notice over the last kind of few weeks, we're keeping these a little bit more concise now, so I won't go into too much detail. But in terms of the match card that we found for this Raw, so Drew McIntyre took on an old friend. An old friend? Who could that be? Um, Sasha Banks took on Kyrie Sane. She's back. What? Um, Kevin Owens' show took place with special guest Seth Rollins, because we haven't seen enough of them two together. Yeah, I mean, that's um, going well. Yeah. <laughs> Then we got to see, you know, spoilers for how that went. We get to see Seth Rollins and Murphy take on Kevin Owens and Rey Mysterio. So Ray's back now too. Where's theory? I don't know. I've got a theory about that. We'll <laughs> get onto that. Um, then we get to see MVP and Lashley take on Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Right. Because why not? Sure. Uh, yeah. Big Good. Show is back. Putting on a big show with the Viking Raiders. Taking on uh, Randy Orton teaming with the Mexicals, Gaza and Andrade. Yeah, there's some things that need to be said about that match. <laughs> um, we also get to see Ruby Riot uh, take on Billy Kay for some reason. Okay. I guess, you know, sure. she took on Peyton Royce previous week, so why not? Yeah, you got to round then, it off. And then the main event of the evening was Asuka taking on Bailey. So, interesting card, to say the least. In terms of the highlights, so I mentioned Drew McIntyre was going to take on someone from his past, and holy shit, it was Heath Slater. Didn't see that coming. No, I've <laughs> got to admit, on. very unexpected. Um, so, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, just, just throwing it out there, though. Did anybody really get fired? I'm curious where they're going with this because he's still in his 90 days, so he could be playing ball. It'd be oh, a, yeah. I wouldn't. I would be rather stroppy. And even if I had to come out and do a bit because I'm still under contract, I'd probably be deliberately shit at it. Um, <laughs> but, well, you know, don't forget, Zack Ryder um, allowed... WWE to film the fucking Mandy Rose and Otis pool scene in his pool well, after he just got fired. So, you know, some people play ball. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah. no, I'm curious whether he's he's playing ball and maybe getting a little bit of a, a paycheck for being on the show, but he's still released, or whether there's potential here. I don't know. But it does yeah, beg the know. question, like, there's so many people coming back and popping back up now. It's like, did you what what's actually happened in terms of the releases? I feel like yeah. eventually everyone's going to be back except for one person. Wait, you guys weren't really fired? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so you can film in my pool again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know, like like I was shocked by this, like holy shit. Um, and, you know, Dolph brings brings him back to kind of get to Drew. And, um, you know, Heath cuts a very kind of scathing, like hitting you in the fields kind of promo, you know, mm. as, as a dad, as I'm sure you will uh, also agree. Yeah, I believe about, he's like, got kids. He has got kids, um, and you know, he, he even kind of broke kayfabe a bit. It was like, I haven't got like the twenty-two kids that you know they, they want you to believe. I've got two kids, and I'm struggling to feed them right now, and I need this opportunity. And I was like, fuck yeah. me, yeah, it hits um, home. It's like, God, yeah, yeah. like yeah. So as, as fellow out. parents, you'd be like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, got me right in the fields. Uh, definitely an epic promo, I think, from Heath. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, the match itself was a fucking squash, like. Drew absolutely hammered him. Um, oh, naturally, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What what a shame. You know, hopefully something comes from it, I think, for Heath, because, you know, I fair play I think the momentum there. is there. Like, mm. it makes a lot of sense. It was similar to what they could have done with Jinder. Jinder had been hindered by an injury. Um, yeah, it's horrible when they hinder Jinder. You, it, it, yeah, the trouble is you shouldn't hinder Jinder, but sometimes exactly. Jinder is hindered. It's even worse when Jinder hinders Jinder. So exactly, he, sometimes he, he, you know, these things happen. You know, gender's um, gender, and now he's sat at home on Tinder, and it's, it's a, yeah, yeah. But um, you shouldn't hinder gender on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where we can go with this. I'm struggling to think yeah. of one. But yeah. um, I feel like this might be like 
good for Heath in in that sense because we can say, well, we'll we'll do with him what we were going to do with with Jinder. Um, now, obviously, as far as build goes, they're not going to probably go. Well, yeah, you're going to be a credible threat to Drew, which is why he got squashed. But it doesn't necessarily mean he's gone because it was kind of a they're kind of still friends. Mm. Like he's pissed off with them, but they're not enemies. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's a weird setup. So I could see maybe a little bit of a three M or two MB. <laughs> reunion maybe I don't know I don't think this is the last we're going to see a Heath well I don't know like the, the, the way they kind of left off with it and having Dolph kind of turn on uh, Heath and having Drew come and make the save and stuff it seems like I don't know ho- hopefully it's not over hopefully there'll be some way to get Heath back but yeah interesting to see where they go with it but yeah fucking hell I was shocked and what a way to kick off the show um, we then had the Kevin Owens show um, as another highlight which and it barely makes being what? a highlight to be fair I know I've never known you make... highlight these things <clears throat> it barely makes it being a highlight, but um, the promos itself from um, Owens and Rollins I thought were really good. Um, apparently, <clears throat> at some point, there was meant to be a tag match booked with Alistair Black and Rey Mysterio taking on Seth and Murphy, but apparently Black was found backstage having been taken out, so Kevin Owens offered to be Ray's partner. Um, in which, okay. you know, yeah. Because, you know, as they like to do now, the winners of the match end up picking the stipulation for Extreme Rules. Yeah, um, well, there's no no one actually running the fucking show, apparently, so... Um, well, yeah, no, exactly. Got to decide shit somehow. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, Alistair Black does turn up halfway through, causes another distraction for Dominic to get involved and go after Buddy Murphy, and that led to uh, Rey Mysterio picking up the win and choosing the stipulation. So, you know, it barely made being a highlight, to be fair, but I felt like there was enough... That was decent to watch. I think this is the thing: is like it, it, it builds a story. It continues the build of a story, so it does exactly what it needed to do. Um, I personally have a bit of a pet peeve with every time there's a Kevin Owens show, there's something like this happens. Mm. Like everyone might as well be in the ring gear because we all know there's going to be a match. Like he can't have. He's basically a really bad host because oh, he, yeah. he can never not have it devolve into some Jerry Springer shit. Exactly. I'd love it if uh, he just had like this bald security guard following around everywhere now from this point <laughs> on. He was just like the guy from Jerry Springer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love that. But, yeah, so I don't know. It, it, it was it was enough to make a highlight, I think. Um, yeah. I, think be I, I don't think, it, I don't think it, 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 it was okay, wasn't it? I don't think it could merit as, a, as, a, yeah. as an old shite. It was, um, I'd say it did what it needed to do, but I suppose yeah. we're just not a fan of the actual like MVP lounge and Kevin Owens show and this, that, and the next thing. It's like, fill it with actual matches for fuck's sake. So, holy segue, Batman. The, <laughs> other, <laughs> the other actual highlight of this week um, did involve MVP, which I'm also shocked to say. Um, so he's still in the game of recruiting new talent. Um, although God knows why anyone would want to go with him since <laughs> he's obviously quite shite. Um, but basically, um, he ends up getting into Cedric Alexander's ear about playing second fiddle to Ricochet, which I thought was interesting. Hopefully, we don't see the end of that tag team anytime soon. But yeah, and does anyone know. play second fiddle in that tag team? Well, true. Like, but um, maybe we've I think got it was basically yeah, that might actually let us know. Yeah, I think Ricochet's got like a three six five or something coming out about him. So it was like, oh, why haven't you got a documentary? You no, know, it was dead petty. But um, I don't know. I, I quite like like that kind of MVP character, like the. I don't know, just like being a little fucking backstabbing bastard. So I do weasel. quite like that. To be a fucking <laughs> yeah. weasel. Um, no, I think that's fair. That is a fair point. It's it's a an interesting thing. I just I can't get my head around. The, like I totally agree with your point. Like why would anyone want to sign with him? But I also can't get my head around his choices either. Like when he started out doing this shit, and admittedly he went and booking people, but he was trying to get like big fish. Like he tried to book Drew, for instance, and so on like that. Mm. Um, and even Lashley makes a bit of sense, but it's like. No offense to Cedric, but what what's the aim of that? Yeah, no idea. No idea where it's going, but <laughs> it seems like he's he's still trying to recruit people for some reason. So let's see whether he actually manages to get anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we also get to see um, another highlight, which was the women's champ versus women's champ main event. Um, actually, thought it was really good. Um, so Nikki Cross was on commentary for this because she's taken on um, Bailey. At, um, oh yeah, of course, yeah. A horror, horror show, show. Extreme Rules. Um, but yeah, so she basically ended up getting carried away by security halfway through because she's just a fucking lunatic. Um, 
and then Bailey and Sasha um, tried to basically use that to their advantage to get the kind of the, the numbers game. Um, but Kyrie Sane um, was there in, in support of Asuka. Then Nikki kind of comes back and re-emerges um, as part of the audience, um, starts banging on the glass and kind of causes that distraction then that um, allows Asuka to okay. get the Asuka lock on Bailey. Um, but, you know, she ends up wriggling out of it, but then ended up getting rolled up um, for Asuka to take the win, which I thought, considering oh, yeah. Asuka's been on the... Probably the losing end more than she has been the winning end. I thought it was quite big for her to get the win over Bailey. Yeah, and I think um, they've done it in a way like because they they've had it based on the distraction, haven't they? So they haven't really weakened Bailey by her taking the loss like that. But hmm. yeah, I like it. Worked. So now on to the O shite. Oh, so shit. once again we get a lame DQ finish. Um, this time it was the Banks and uh, Kyrie Sane match, um, which is a proper shame really because. You know, the match quality itself is relatively high. Um, but just, I don't know, I've just had it with these kind of shitty DQ finishes. Like, they're so scared for anyone to win. Like, fair dudes, yeah. they've just brought Kyrie Sane back, you know, so maybe they've been protective. But we never cared before, so just have Banks go over. <laughs> you know, even if they want yeah. to have shenanigans, have now's shenanigans. The, now's the right time to have Banks go over because they've not built yeah. Sane up yet. So. Well, exactly. So, I don't know, it just felt like a fucking silly. Do you know what I mean? It's just like there's yeah. so many of these... Silly DQ finishes where they just they're so scared to have anyone win. It's just mad. And am I right in saying they didn't actually DQ Naya, did they, when she split the fucking head open? No, they just let it go on. So, so it must have confused the hell out of Kyrie when the, the DQ happened there. And she's like, oh, but exactly. I'm not even not even concussed. Probably, probably still got a fucking concussion, so she was doubly <laughs> confused. Um so another oh shite of the week. So MVP has now decided that since he beat Apollo Cruz last week, he's already the US champ. Because that's so, how it works, MVP. You've been in the wrestling industry for years, so you know exactly that's how it works. Exactly, right? So now he decides to take the opportunity to unveil a new championship belt, which I'm not actually that keen on, to be fair. But I know no, that, I that might be a polarising opinion. But it just... No, it, I think it's... You see the United States, and it just says, champion, and it's just Big Eagle, or whatever. And it's like, okay, not a fan. Um, no, I but, much prefer the older version. But, you know, so he's basically saying that he's the US champ. And Bobby Lashley's perfectly fine with this and actually crowns MVP himself. Like, hang on, this guy's your manager. He fucking failed to get you a win um, as the heavyweight champ. And now he's helping you get the US title. And now he's just took it for himself and you're cool. Yeah, like, this is okay. as confusing as Sami Zayn winning the IC title and Shinsuke being like, cool. Like, exactly. He, he took it from you, dickhead. It doesn't make any fucking sense, right? And then, obviously, the match takes place after that with um, Ricochet and Cedric coming out to challenge them. Um, and MVP and Lashley end up going over. And, you know, these, these fucking Ricochet and Cedric, two really talented dudes, are back to being glorified jobbers again, like, after being off TV for so long. Yeah. So a real shame. Yeah. And also, on a side note, this is another prime example of um, the inmates running the asylum, where there's apparently no one books matches. They're just booked on the fly. Stipulations are just booked on the fly. And now, apparently, if you decide you're a champion, yeah, just make your own belts and fucking bring it in. Why not? Why not? Why the fuck not? Why the yeah. fuck not? Although, we'll, we'll get on to this with Dynamite, but apparently <laughs> that, that's not just the thing. I know, I kind of set that up, sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then the other O'Shite of the week, um, so the three-on-three tag match was pretty shit. So they're still teasing this Andrade Garza breakup thing. Um, but like, they're just, they're just not leaning into it. So like, they're really, they're going into this, they're, they're a tag team, even though they hate each other kind of thing. And, you know, Orton at one point was fucking fuming. And to like be honest, ambassador Gaza. And this, like... this right here, this was the bit that that soured me to the whole thing, because yeah. I don't get what that Orton bit was about. That did absolutely nothing for Gaza. That made Gaza look like a little bitch. Yeah. And it's like, how are you going to book Gaza in the future, knowing that all he did was cower to Randy? That's like, that's how is he going to be in the main event scene now when you can look at that? Like, let's look back at his previous history and you just see him, like, cowering. Like, he didn't even try and fight back. And it's like, well, you, like what? I don't understand if Orton got mad at him and attacked him. But this was just, like, Orton just putting him down and him going, yeah, it's proper bullying shit. And yeah, it just didn't it make right. any sense as a booking. It did it nothing right. for either of them. And then Orton obviously goes over by pinning fucking Eric of the, Vi- of the Viking Raiders. Like, fucking snooze. Mm. Like, literally shite. Absolutely shite. Um, speaking of shite, our truth is pissing me off now, something rotten. So, yeah. you know, what the fuck? Like, I, I, we, we get it. He's meant to be a bit fucking, you know, off the rails and a bit fucking cuckoo. But 
I think they've, they've amped it up to a, a stupid degree now because it's, it's off the rails stuff in the past was like, oh, this isn't a ladder match. Whoops. You know, things mm. that like, not an honest mistake, but things that you go, well, okay. You know, he doesn't know what match he's in. But now he's just become an absolute fucking cartoon. It's ridiculous. Well, is, is, is like, are they trying to do like a conspiracy theorist angle with him or something? Like, he's basically going around. He said last week he thought fucking Nia Jax was Tozawa. And now this week he thinks Ric Flair is Tozawa because he cleans up too nice. What? And then fucking Tozawa shows up. And then Randy Orton sends them the wrong way. Like, why would Orton help R-Truth? What? Yeah, like... The fuck? Make yeah. any sense? I don't so, think they fully know what to do with that. Yeah. And then the last one, which I've put it in a no shite because it happened, and I don't know why it happened or why it took up any time on TV, but Billy Kay beat Ruby Riot. Okay. Like, are they doing anything with Liv Morgan? Or is it... Yeah, she's going to tag team. She's going to be in the Riot Squad again. But it's like, okay, how stupid does that make her look? You know what I mean? At the same time, like, fucking, I don't know. Well, look, I think, I don't Carl, wanna... coming up on the, on the next Raw, we might all be surprised at what happened. Oh, really? Yeah, you never know. <laughs> um, I've, not, I've not actually seen the results, you know, you're spoiling it for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't want, I don't, want to, um, don't want to spend too much time talking about the negatives. All in all, this wasn't a terrible roar, considering what we've had over the last few weeks, especially the way it started out with Heath and stuff like that. Like I thought, it was quite a few surprises in there as well. Um, so for me, I'm going to be generous this week. I'm going to give it a three out of five yeah um, so I don't know what I don't know what your thoughts are on. I actually um, I totally agree with you I was going to give it a three myself I think it was overall a much better show than they've been putting on uh, and I'm, I'm going to give it the credit on that there were definitely some weak points but um, yeah not a bad week at all this again and I, I don't want to sound like a broken record but it harps onto that if this was a two hour show and you condensed out the shite it'd be really good um, but we, we, we have what we have we have time for weird ass truth conspiracy theories <laughs> So be it. They need, to, they need to just fucking just give up, don't they? But they, they're not going to. It's uh, painful. Very. Um, right. That being said, then, we shall move on to NXT or the Great American Bash, night two. <laughs> this time, it's Bash <laughs> Um So, the card itself, Carl. We had uh, Candice LeRae uh, versus Mia Yim in a street fight uh, with LeRae taking the win. We had Tony Nice. Uh, nice. It is Nice, isn't it? Uh, versus Bronson Reed. With uh, Bronson taking the win, we had Isaiah Scott and Johnny Gargano for some reason. With Gargano <laughs> taking the win, we had um, I'm going to try Legado del Fantasma or um, Escobar's team versus uh, the combination of Maverick and Breezango. With um, that just translate into the Fantastic Lego? Maybe, yeah. They they like the Legos. <laughs> um, <laughs> And surprisingly, but I do think possibly the right result, we saw Escobar and, and his cronies take the win on that one. Uh, we saw Santana Garrett versus Mercedes Martinez with Mercedes Martinez taking the win. And then we ended the night with Adam Cole versus Keith Lee with um, a much-deserved victory from Keith Lee there. As far as the highlights go, Carl, um, I'll start it out by saying the, um, the Cole versus Lee, fantastic match, thoroughly enjoyed. Both work really well together in the ring and um, is definitely a highlight because I think it was a great match and the right decision. I think it's the right time to see Lee with uh, with both the titles now, as it turns out. The first one to do that, Carl, the first one to hold both mm-hmm. NXT and North American title. Um, and it opens up Cole for other things, which we've discussed in the news. Might not be what we wanted, but there you go. Um, the other one I wanted to mention in terms of the highlights was... Um, the match between Candice LeRae and Mia Yim, I think, needs a definite shout-out. This was an absolutely fantastic match to watch. The pair of them really went for it. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Carl, but certainly for me, it's not very often you see two, two female wrestlers in a street fight. Um, and I think it was a really good way of them pushing the envelope in that sense. And they both really proved that they can be excellent matches and you don't have to sort of protect them from the weapons and the tables. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Really good match. Um, and the last highlight for me was um, Escobar and Friends just generally I, I thoroughly enjoyed the tag match and I enjoyed their build and I think it's heading the right direction they're obviously still building this feud with Maverick um, and Escobar but um, as a whole this heel faction I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying the way they're being booked I think they're, they're, they're coming across really well and I think they will be a, a fantastic addition to NXT going forward I know right now they're concentrating on this story but going forward as a as a trio I think it's going to be really quite good. Yeah, I think it's been quite compelling watching this story, hasn't it? To come in as fucking oh, yeah. Phantasma or whatever, and then to 
have that kind of big reveal of, you know, he's actually this guy, he's Escobar, and he's going to, you know, be a fucking heel and stuff like that. And then to, to build this faction, it's been thoroughly entertaining to watch. I'm quite impressed. I, I completely agree. No. Sorry, I kind of ran over the other two as well. What did you make of the uh, the Cole versus Lee match? It was, it was really good, wasn't it? I think, obviously, we... We'd already had a spoil for us, hadn't we, by the fucking the prick in NXT uh, yeah. taking the picture. Alas, that news article that we put on last week was totally correct. Yeah, uh, it was one of them. I, <laughs> I, knew, I knew that it, you know they wouldn't be changing it and stuff like that. So no, no. I think it was one of those where um, just we would already know what to expect. But, you know, massive props to fucking Keith Lee, you know, the guy who couldn't get booked on the indies a couple of years ago. I think um, someone... Uh, I think it might be me, me, me brother had uh, put a picture on Instagram or something of like years ago, he played like a security or a fan or something in a segment with Triple H on Raw, like really? literally yeah. years and years ago. Um, wow. And it's mad to kind of, like, I think he just put like, um, look what a difference so many years could make. Like in areas now, the fucking double champ. So yeah, Crazy. massive, you know, fair play to the guy. I think it's just going to be interesting to see where, where Cole goes next, because obviously there was the carrying cross stuff, but then does that mean Carrion's going to go after Keaton now? Yeah, I'm intrigued so, where by does, that because Carrion, uh, they didn't really make it clear whether Carrion was after Cole or after the title. So mm. I'm intrigued whether it's going to go into, and I'd, I'd love to see Carrion versus uh, Keith Lee because Carrion has proved that he'd be, he wouldn't be sort of out. Uh, outperformed by Keith's size, he'd still probably be able to throw yeah. on the ring. It'd be a whole different challenge for Lee, wouldn't it, really? Because he's oh, always yeah, been yeah. kind of um, against the lighter opponent, if you will, whereas yeah. Carrion's felt like a fucking beast. So Yeah, that's the thing. It's like um, Keith has got the, the sort of thing of being the, the surprisingly nimble big guy, so they can't really take him down, but he can fly around. Whereas uh, Carrion legitimately... like We've seen him versus Bronson Reed, so we know that he, he wouldn't really struggle to, um, to suplex Lee in all fairness. So, um, yeah, be an interesting one, that. And I hope that is where they're going with it. Mm-hmm. And um, as for the, the the other highlight I mentioned, the Larray versus Yim, what did you think of this match, Carl? I think, I think as as you said, you kind of hit the nail on the head with it. Is it you know, they shouldn't be scared to put, you know, the, the women in, you know, matches like street fights and stuff. And I think these guys really delivered. You know, Candice Larray's been a fucking prodigy on the indie scene for a while now, and she continues to kind of show... Um, you know, how good she is, you know, week in, week out when she does actually get match time and, you know, NXT. And then Mia Yim is someone I've not really been that familiar with, uh, but she obviously delivers as well every time I see her. So I thought it was great from both of them. I completely agree. It was definitely a highlight of the show. Awesome. Um, So I'll go into the Oshites then, Carl. Um, And to be honest, I haven't, I've I've sort of got some, but I've I've not, basically, uh, it was a really quite a good night for NXT, in all honesty. Um, The matches. All of the matches were, were good. I can't say any of them were bad. Um, but the main O'Shite, or the only O'Shite I've got, is the fact that overall, I think this was one night's worth of content that they've spread over to to, to, to sort of parallel Fighter Fest. And um, for me, like, although they weren't bad matches, when you get a matches like Gargano versus Isaiah Swerve, it's like, okay. Like, it was okay. It was a good match, but like, it was clearly filler. And there's nothing wrong with filler, but. At the same time, it's like, well, for me, you've had two two weeks now where you could have really just had one condensed week of all the all the stuff we really wanted. But you know, at the same time, the others tuned in both weeks, so I get why they did it. But as as far as no shite goes, like they weren't bad matches. But the likes of Isaiah Isaiah Scott versus Gargano, or Tony Nice versus Reed, and um, to a lesser extent, um, Santana Garrett versus Mercedes Martinez, they were all like. They were there. They were all right matches, but they're certainly not ones that I'm I'm writing home about, as it were. So um, that's pretty much it for the for the negative. I don't have a specific negative, but that overall, I'd say that that's probably my thoughts on on the Great American Bash as a whole, really. Yeah. Um, as a rating, I would uh, again similar to Raw, I would give it a three. It was a, it was a decent week. Um, I dare say pushing potentially towards a three and a half maybe but I, I think in all fairness given that the weaker matches um be a three for me okay interesting i i also had a three um i think i was leaning between a two and a half and a three i think it was uh it was probably middle of the road for me in terms of i think we had six matches three of them were decent three of them not so much but i think the ones that were decent um were good enough to give it that extra half point so for me mm-hmm. i think a three is is fair it was definitely you know on the on on the same level as Raw, if not marginally better. Yeah, yeah fair point. Right, Carl. 
Do you want to talk about the other big show of the week? <laughs> Let's do it. Um, so, Fighter Fest Night 2, um, as part of AW Dynamite. So, the match card that we got to witness, we saw Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega defend their tag team titles by defeating Private Party, who had earned the title shot the previous week. Cool. Um, Lance Archer defeated Joey Janela, which is not surprising. Um, we heard from Taz and Brian Cage around the uh, match um, for Fight for the Fallen. It's going to be of course, now. yeah, because um, originally planned for um, for Fight yeah. Fest Night Two. So yeah, interesting. One. Absolutely. Um, we got to see a eight man tag um, with Butcher and Blade and Lucha Brothers um, actually defeating Young Bucks and FTR, which is quite a surprise. Very. Um, Nyla Rose defeated two jobbers, so Nyla's back and cool. doing what she does best is breaking some jobbers. <laughs> um, the Dark Order, which was actually consisted of Brody Lee. Uh, Stu Grayson and Colt Cabana defeated SCU and Chris Jericho defeated Orange Cassidy um, which was um, I don't know whether I, was, I expected it or not but either way we'll, we'll come on to it yeah. um, so the highlight itself so the opening match I thought was pretty good um, so private party um, you know what those guys look excellent every time I see them it's a bit of a travesty really that we've you know, been going so long without seeing them on the main shows um, yeah. but like we saw it with Mark Quinn um, when he had his uh, TNT title opportunity. And then we've seen it the last kind of two weeks now with Private Party. They are just really, really good. And you put them in the ring with the likes of Kenny Omega, who's probably one of the best in the world, um, and Hangman Page, who's also fantastic. You know, there was no way this could be, you know, this could go wrong. And I preferred this to the best friends match of last week, actually, which is the main event. So yeah. a bit surprising, really, that they had this open the show. Um, and obviously last week... I mean- um, Despite it being an opener, I think it was a, definitely a well-deserved shot for Private Party. Like you say, they're, they're a really good tag team and probably get overshadowed a little bit by the other tag teams we've got in the division. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, I thought it was I thought it was really good. Um, just I, I, I still don't really understand the whole Matt Hardy inclusion in this, if I'm perfectly honest. Feels like I know he's a... Yeah, like I know he's a, he's a previous tag team vet and it's nice for them to have like a mentor or whatever, but yeah... I don't know, not buying it. So that that bit's a bit weird. But yeah, I thought this was a really strong opening contest and it was better than the, the tag match of the, of the last week as well. So really, really good. Um, the eight-man tag was actually really good also. So if, like so often do we see these kind of big multi-man matches just feel really all over the place and like really yeah, hard think- to follow. I legitimately say that every time we have something with so many moving parts, I always complain about the fact that we've got too much going on. Um, yeah. And yeah, it whilst it was a very big match with a, a lot of moving parts, um, probably one of the better ones, to be fair. Well, that was it. Like for me, it was action packed, but in the right way. Like everyone mm. still got a chance to shine. You know, like some of the action, like some of the spots in this match were just incredible. Out Like that, that fucking springboard Canadian destroyer to the outside. Like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. me. Like, fuck me. That was just, <laughs> holy shit. That was like a, you know what I mean? Like, a, get flashbacks to fucking throwing Foley off a hell in a cell. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, not quite that scale, but like, holy shit. Like, could have died. That was insane. Yeah. Um, so, yes, like, stuff like that was just awesome to see. But um, what I really liked as well was um, after the fact, we get to see the, you know, the books and FTR, their relationships just even more strained, you know, off the back of this as well. And, you know, Matt Jackson accidentally... Um, Super kicks uh, Dax Hardwood, um, and you know that ultimately cost him the match, basically. But yeah, I think this was a good way to. It doesn't kind of dampen either of the two teams, but if anything, it, it incites the rivalry more of the Bucks and FTR. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought, yeah, for for a multi-man match, like it was like night and day to some of the other ones we've seen, where it's just all over the place. This was yeah. well thought out, and everyone got a good opportunity, and there was just some good, great, great stuff. It's one bit of credit I'll give AEW. Um, at the minute is that they seem to they seem to be able to book a, a lot of um, things like this where there's a lot of people involved but everyone still gets their opportunity they seem to be like not quite the same thing but like looking at the stadium stampede like no one really lost out on that everyone got their airtime, but there was a lot of people involved and they seem to be able to um, to get that across without it feeling like right now it's this bit now it's this bit it just feels organic but it doesn't feel chaotic it's um it's a very difficult thing to do and i think that for the most they do it well yeah definitely um and then my final highlight of the week was actually the main event which was jericho and orange cassidy i mean you know fucking it was fire it was legit (laughs) it was awesome um i think it over delivered in my book because um 
I, I expected good things, but like the way it kind of all transpired and stuff, I feel like they, they gelled really well together. Um, you know, there was really good character development on show as well. Like, you know, Orange Cassidy was, wasn't just the laid back guy. Like he, he proper took it to Jericho and kind of took Jericho by surprise. Like the stuff that, you know, I think you mentioned Price was going on the air where, you know, um, Orange Cassidy tries the uh, kicks. <laughs> you know, oh, Jericho yeah, yeah. thinks he's got a telegraph and he knows, but then all of a sudden he follows up with a super kick. You know what I mean? It was just like these little character developments that kind of make sense. Um, yeah, I haven't really got too much to say on the match other than the fact it was really good. I wasn't yeah. necessarily expecting Jericho to take it, if I'm honest. Um, but, you know, it makes perfect sense that he did. Um, and I think it still got Cassidy over without him even winning the match. So Oh, definitely. I think it's it's brilliant with Cassidy because um, I think a lot of people originally were thinking it was like like a silly gimmick, which it kind of is. But it's like without a purpose, like he's just he's a wrestler who's a bit lazy, like... I I, believe, I remember it being likened to like oh we all have that people who who they they come in and do the job and they do as little as they can you know because mm-hmm. it's a job and I was like okay it's it's funny when it happens but what we've seen with him now like when his match against Packard in this match and stuff is that it's it's a tactical move because he, he does he plays possum to the point that they think that they're gonna have to compete with that sort of elements of him dodging them and, and trying to avoid doing anything. And then when he actually goes for them, when it when it sort of explodes with like a super kick or or um, like a leap over the top ropes or whatever, it it throws them off guard and it feels like a like a deliberate tactical move then and becomes a little less silly in in some senses. But I think it's great seeing the way it works and seeing the way people can work with it really well it makes it a very interesting watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, I was just, I, I thought it was awesome. It was just, uh, yeah, such a good match. And I think Orange has done a really good job of getting himself over and continuing to stay over and not just become that comedy gimmick, as you mentioned. Definitely. Um, so. I just wish he'd be less of a chatterbox, to be honest. <laughs> but unfortunately, um, for the O'Shites, I'm going to kick off with Lance Archer. Like, I really want to like that guy, but I just don't. <laughs> and I just think booking him against the likes of Joey Janela just felt very meh like yeah he's come off he's come off a tnt title opportunity with like a big feud with cody he's done fuck all since and then like the way they bring him back in is against joey janela mm. yeah i'll be honest and i don't often put AEW down as you know i feel like they've gone our oh, board with lance now uh we've got this other guy this brian cage fella and um he seems to have just fallen by the wayside and i don't know whether what what's going on there from a booking point of view but it just feels like they've got a new focus so he can he can hang around the roster. Yeah, it definitely doesn't seem like they've got many plans for him. And I think uh, even the way him and Jake have been over the last kind of few weeks, it doesn't make sense either. Do you know what I mean? Like Jake, I think I mentioned last week or the week before, like Jake is a sadistic motherfucker. And to have him kind of going, whoa, Lance, like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, like... So, yeah. Um, next is the Taz promo. So look, it was good, the Taz promo, and I think he's been really, really good on the mic um, since he's kind of come back. And I'm not slating this promo or anything at all um, in terms of his his mic skills or what he was saying. But he reintroduced the FTW Championship or the Fuck the World Championship back from the ECW days, um, which would have been cool if we hadn't just introduced the TNT title like a couple of weeks earlier. Um but yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, it was it was nice to have a little kind of reminisce, a bit of a flashback to the old ECW days. Well, obviously, Taz was the originator of that belt. Um, I'm not sure if it was against Sabu or against someone where he couldn't get a title shot, so he just made his own and called himself the champ. And then they ended up unifying the title. So I don't know whether that's going to be the long-term plan here. But I don't know. It just felt a bit sudden and out of nowhere. And it didn't really make that much sense for the Brian Cage character, who we don't know enough about yet to kind of you know yeah. what I mean it just I felt... feel like it made sense in ECW I think they're trying to mirror what happened like he can't get his title shot so fuck it he's gonna he's gonna make his own title and recognise himself mm-hmm. but like you say we've seen nothing of Brian Cage we don't know if he deserves a title and it, he missed out one one week because of the coronavirus it's like it's nothing really to get pissy about but um, that's kind of the story he's gone for I was mm-hmm. um, quite intrigued as well because I genuinely straight away went to myself but WWE on ECW, and um, when I've Googled it, apparently, despite it being on ECW, the title and the creation of said title is all credited to Taz, so he actually owns the rights to it, even yeah. though historical footage that is owned by WWE will feature that title. Crazy. I thought they would yeah. have owned it. 
just it just no, felt, no. felt natural. But yeah, back in the uh, the old ECW days, I don't think there was any uh, kind of you know Heyman is a great booker, but he's not a great businessman. So I think uh, you know he's <laughs> yeah you know stuff like that was was happening all the time. But yeah, I don't know. I just I just don't think Cage kind of needed it right now, and I don't think AEW need needs it right now especially when it just come with the TNT title no, so I feel like they're yeah. literally just going for a bit of shock value because they couldn't put on the mox match yeah and I think you know it, it worked like we, you know it was all over social media afterwards and stuff you know so fair play yeah, so but did that job yeah you can't have much of a long game for it so I don't know it just feels a bit bit of a damn squib thing um so then the next one so the Nihilus squash I don't know just very meh like She's obviously been this dominant champ and she's obviously gone on to, to win the belt and be this kind of unstoppable force. And yeah, she just kind of comes back and takes on these two people and batters them. And it's just very, just very bland. Although not good enough to make it a highlight. I am intrigued at the fact that she had a promo after the match and basically said that she's going to have a new manager. So I'm wondering who that's going to be and whether that's going to be like an old school face like to bring in as well, do you know what I mean? Like, or whether they're going to go with something else. But um, yeah, be, I'd, I'd, I'd quite like to see it be like I don't know, like a, a, a guy maybe, and someone who's like fearful of her and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Not like the what's his face in NXT fucking guy who's trying to sign all the people like a lie. Oh, Robert Stone. Robert. Yeah, none of that shit. But like, I wouldn't mind seeing it be someone who's like I don't know, a bit more of a mouthpiece for her, but also is like terrified of her at the yeah, same time. To be fair, she's, she's not. She's not really much of a mouthpiece, is she? So, um, yeah, the, the manager prospect is is probably a good one in terms of her going forward. Mm. I'm just it's going to be fucking Brandy Rhodes or something. Let's be honest, It'll be something fucking shites. But no, they, we'll I think see. they learned the lesson <laughs> with the Nightmare Collective. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so the final one, um, it's just the Dark Order match. Like again, I just feel like that was pretty average as well. Like you know, it's good in a sense that they're using it. Like I like the fact that you know Colt is happy because the other guys are letting him pick up the wins and he can't do it on his own and he wants to win. So that bit makes sense. But I don't know. Like, other than that, it seems a bit... I think I mentioned last week, it feels like Colt Cabana's the wrong choice for this faction. And, you know, obviously, you know, he shook hands with uh, Brody after the match. So I'm not too sure where it's all going to lead. And I'm a little bit intrigued. But the match itself, I thought, on the night was a bit meh. And also the fact that it's still Colt um, with the Dark Order still feels just a bit weird. Yeah. I'm not particularly over on Colt. So um, it lessens my interest in the Dark Order stuff, I'll be honest. I mean, to be fair, I'm more over on his, on his entrance music and, you know, I hope he doesn't lose that when he goes to a Dark Order, to be honest, because uh, that, that, that's fine. <laughs> fair <laughs> boom, enough. Cockabana, boom, boom. That was dynamite for me. So I think, you know, Again, I'm going to have to go a three out of five. And I feel like I'm just a bit of a broken record with all the shows this week. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to change when we get on SmackDown, but I won't, won't ruin it. Well, this there. is the problem, Carl, um, because uh, I'd agree with you. Um, I'd also give it a three. Um, mm. So it looks like looks like we're going to have a week of threes. It's going to be a really good week for wrestling. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I can't see, I can't see SmackDown being any worse, right? 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 <laughs> well, let's talk about SmackDown, <laughs> Carl. Uh, let's, let's, let's talk about it, right? As far as the card goes, we had The Miz versus Jeff Hardy for some reason, with Jeff taking the win. Right? We had Banks and Bailey taking on Bliss and Cross, because we've not seen that before. Banks and Bailey took the win. We had a karaoke thing for some fucking reason, which led to Naomi versus Lacey. Um, and I don't really think we had a winner because it kind of devolved into a brawl, although it was never an official match because we don't book matches don't even get me started on that. Um, and then we had New Day versus Shinsuke and Cesaro, which ended in a no contest, which I'll moan about in my own shapes. And that was the card. <laughs> now, highlights. I haven't fucking got any. <laughs> it's the worst fucking SmackDown I've seen in a very, very, very fucking long time. The only good thing about this week was the fact that we actually had a, a promo with AJ Styles, right? And even that was a bit shit because... He was there doing his thing and saying, no one deserves a title shot. And then they were like, well, you've got a title match next week. And I'm like, this is the fundamental flaw in your plan, AJ, because apparently you don't book the matches. So it's not really up to you who deserves a title shot or not, because you didn't even know you fucking had a match. So even that was kind of stupid. But I'll put it in the highlights for the sake of having one and the fact that we're going to get uh, AJ versus Matt Riddle next week for the title. Okay. That, that's some good because they put on good matches with each other, right? Let's talk the old shite, Cal. 
one of the most cringeworthy things I have ever fucking seen in my life, right, is this karaoke fucking match or whatever. The, basically just a, a sing-off or whatever, right, between um, we had Lacey Evans, Naomi, um, Tamina, and the other one. Who was the other one, Carl? Who was the last one in there? Um, and the forgettable one, because I can't remember who the other person Dana? was. Dana Brooke, thank you. Um, and the idea of the karaoke match, Carl, they all had to sing... Um, wrestlers themes uh, apparently we don't have any good singers okay um, the whole thing was hosted by one of the Usos the one that's not injured Jimmy is it Jimmy I want to say it's Jimmy yeah slightly amusing in the fact that he clearly had a bias towards Naomi I wonder why right <laughs> but um, yeah it was just some awful singing an entirely stupid concept, a waste of a lot of good talent. Um, I don't know if you agree with me here, but it felt like a little bit of a jab as well when they had, I want to say it was Dana Brooke singing um, Dusty's theme, Dusty Rhodes' theme. Yeah. Like that that just felt like you're trying to have a pop at, at Cody, but I, again, I, maybe I'm seeing something that's not there. Um, and then again, I don't know, as a concept, this kind of bugged me as well, that they, they went to the crowd for the results of who won when we all know that the, the crowd of performance center talents who've clearly been instructed who to cheer for. So it's like, again, okay, I'm willing to suspend disbelief, but everyone just lost the shit for Naomi for some reason. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah. And then the whole thing devolved into uh, Naomi and Lacey going for each other, but then that didn't result in a match because then Dana and um, Tamina, I keep going to call her Naya, apologies. And Tamina got involved and then that turned into a brawl and the two originally started fighting just fucking left total fucking chaos absolutely confusing thing and not something I want to see on SmackDown. I tuned in to watch a, a wrestling show and while I'm willing to you know, to buy into the fact that they have stupid segments here and there, I mean this was worse than seeing Jeff Hardy throw a jar of piss on Sheamus, I'll be honest with you. How bad this was. What did you make of the karaoke match, Carl? Did you enjoy? I feel like it just ruined like five plus years of women's evolution. To... This is the funny thing. We're actually in <laughs> Women's Evolution Week. I forgot to mention that too. We're like, like we're meant to be celebrating women. Holy what the fuck shit. was this? This felt like like all it needed was them to be fucking singing it in a fucking tub of gravy or something. Yeah. Just to really Honestly, make it. I, if, I'm surprised they didn't. I'm surprised they didn't make them come out in their underwear. That that's how yeah. that's how old school wrestling this felt like. It's like no, you can't wrestle. No. No. Women. I just I I just felt bad for the fucking. For the performance, you know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah. you know, um, what's the name? Trinity. Um, yeah, Trinity. What's she called? Trinity. Trinity, Trinity um, Fatu. Yeah. Um, she obviously put a... Like, I, I feel like fucking like what, one of those jerks who calls them by the, the real names as opposed to the... Naomi posted a tweet um, after the fact saying, obviously, sometimes you got to turn chicken shit into t- uh, chicken salad. Um, and, you know, it, it was definitely one of them. Like, obviously, you could see how uncomfortable they all were. Like... The cringiest part, like, you know what I mean? Fucking Tamina headbanging to Triple H's theme music and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, what the... F- what's happening? What the fuck is going on? It was awful. I don't... It I, I love so, to know. so bad. And this goes back into what I was saying about Bruce Pritchard, right? This is the shit we're getting booked now because he's too busy. Someone else was given control of this and they thought this was a fucking good idea and it clearly went. Yeah. <sighs> Lost for words. I was, um, I was just flabbergasted by it, to be honest. I was just couldn't believe I was seeing this in... Today's product, it was just shite. Yeah, uh, there's, there's not more you can say. It's just, it, it, you need to see it to see how ridiculous it was. But please watch it on YouTube or something so WWE don't think it was worth Definitely, watching. as well, as you were saying, it was 100% a shot at Cody by using Dusty's music. I feel so. Like, how random was that choice? Yeah, pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Like, it didn't make any sense anyway. Like, who would randomly pick Dusty Rhodes? No offense, Dusty, by the way, but um, who would randomly pick that theme? It's it, yeah. definitely a shot. Um, so the other, oh shit, not as uh, not as annoying, but again, just an example of like, ah, let's not really concentrate on SmackDown this week. Uh, they replayed the Money in the Bunch, Bunch, Bank match <laughs> with um, Bray and uh, Braun, and this was only okay the first time I saw it. Didn't need to see a replay of the entire match. This yeah. isn't the same equivalence as watching the Boneyard match again. This was a, a mediocre match that we've had to go through again because they're going to have a match at Extreme Rules. Just kind of like lazy. You know, we could have had a, another Firefly Funhouse. We could have had something that's still tied into the match pending without just playing this match again. It, it was shit in there. Yeah, absolute like fucking waste of time. No effort whatsoever. 
Um, yeah, we'll just we'll just play another match and say it's a build to the feud. No, it wasn't. It was lazy. Didn't do anything. Shite. Um, and then the next old shite I have was uh, the kind of everything that happened with Jeff. Right. The reason being, uh, again, I know it's a show, you know it's a show and so on, but how many times are we going to have Miz and Morrison do Miz TV? Right. And people come out and act like they, they weren't expecting them to be assholes. Like, Jeff should be fully aware what was... I pref- much prefer, genuinely, the way Braun came out. The way Braun came out to Miz TV and was like, yeah, I know what you're going to do. Let's get, let's have a match. Let's do... You know, Jeff's coming out to do an interview. And it's like, do you not know how this works, Jeff? They're going to take the piss. You're going to get angry and we're going to have a match. That's how it works. Um, and then, apparently, the, the, the match for ex- Extreme Rules, yes, is, uh, has been booked between him and Sheamus as a bar fight, purely because the Miz suggested it. Like that's how bookings work. So they're gonna have a bar fight now, Carl, because then he can fight both of his foes, Alcohol and Sheamus. Just total fucking cringe. Um, I'm kind of done with the whole thing. I, again, and I know I sound like a broken record, but like Sheamus has beat him twice now. Even if he wins at Extreme Rules, it's still two and one. I don't understand the point in carrying this shit on. He's been no. battered twice, and it weren't even like, uh, you know, he was fighting tooth and nail. He got he got absolutely dominated. It was practically a squash both times. So what 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 are we to expect with this? I've oh, got a fear. I know what we're going to expect. Like, being smashed. <laughs> I've got a fear. This is going to turn into like Corbin territory, where this is just going to still go on for many, 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 many more weeks. <laughs> yeah, it'll have to end in a cage because you know why not? Because I mean, like if you think about it, if this ends, where do either of them go? Yeah, there's nothing not, for either. Really. This is the thing. Yeah, and um, I still really can't understand as a story point of view. Like Seamus is just sort of unnecessarily hostile towards Jeff. It's like you've beat him up, you got what you wanted, you beat him up twice now and you're still hassling him. It's like, what what do you want? Like I, I I'm all for the villain role, but he hasn't actually all he did was actually return to SmackDown. He didn't actually do anything to him. No. It's the loosest built feud I've ever seen in my life. <sighs> yeah, anyway. Uh, this last one. I'm interested on on what you think of this, right? The um the last match we had the New Day versus Shinsuke and Cesaro ended in a in a no contest because the ref couldn't get control of the match. But the reason it's in my shite is not even the way the, the fact that they booked it that way. I'm all for like that sort of shenanigans. It pisses me off. I'm all for it. Um, but it was the fact that it happened so quick. Like uh, basically, the um, Big E was out of it for a little bit. He comes back in. It ends up in a bit of a brawl in the ring. And then literally there was no, I'm going to count to five minutes to separate. There's nothing. It was just not calling the match. And it's like, whoa, the fuck was that? And then on top of it, it was like it ended with Shinsuke and Cesaro celebrating like they'd won something. It's like, you didn't realize you, for not listening to the ref, you fucked your own title match. This was a title match. <laughs> you you lost. You didn't get the titles and you stood there celebrating like you've won because you beat them up. Like anyone with, like, he's a wrestler's. First and foremost, so like you, you should be pissed off with yourselves because the ref called it a no contest because you wouldn't get out of the fucking ring. It just it, the whole way it was set up was kind of just stupid, and um, again, it just lazy booking to to carry on this because I assume there's going to be another match at some point between them, one with maybe no uh, no stipulation to it. I don't know, but it's just really kind of weird and lazy where they put this together. And um, the ref was just way too quick off the off the trigger to go like, yeah, no contest. I can't get control of these people. Like, I've seen them put up with a lot more. Oh yeah, it was yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've I've literally got no words. <laughs> literally no, no, for that. Yeah. To quote Jeff Hardy's theme music, there are no more words. <laughs> there are no more words. Um, yeah, just what fucking what? How lazy? How lazy is that? So not even is it a case of oh, we'll, we're just going to do like a a smosh kind of finish. It was a the referee can't control the match after what Big E comes in for two seconds. Yeah, what? it would have been less confusing for me if it had been a count out or something. It happened that sort of randomly that I had to double take. I'm like, why did that get thrown out? I even rewound it and it was like, what? Just because Big, Big E rolled into the ring? It's like, wait, what? Yeah, fucking Just, shite. Yeah. Absolutely shite. Yeah. If the ref had made any effort to separate them and it, it weren't getting anywhere, it might have made a little bit of sense to me, but it was just, it was not put over well at all as to why that went to no contest but um, again WWE with the screwy finishes lately just seems to happen way too much yeah. how many DQs and no contests and count outs are we going to get too many and that very quickly was Smackdown <laughs> all shite and no fight it's rubbish it. um, for me it gets a one it's only getting a one because there was some form of wrestling in there 
Um, as a side note, because I forgot to mention it, they've like the Corbin wasn't involved at all in this week, which I've no issue with. But they're meant to be building a feud between him, him and Riddle. Riddle didn't show up this week, and Corbin didn't show up this week, so I've no idea what that's about. Once again, no hacker. We'd no actual Braun or Bray. Just not a lot going on at all this week. So, so yeah. one, it's a one for same one for me as well. Like you know, fine. You've got like an AJ Styles promo. Nothing like he's not there. <laughs> the, the main, the fucking champion isn't there. We just get to see a a fucking match that we saw a couple of weeks ago. We get to see that karaoke. Thing. Oh, it was awful. It was so <laughs> bad, so cringe. It was fucking uh, terrible. A one is generous. Yeah, yeah. Um, we might if if SmackDown keeps up, we're gonna have to go into negative ratings. This is what's gonna happen. <laughs> and I want you to know, SmackDown and Bruce. If it weren't for you, this would have been a really good week for wrestling. Everything else was a three. Yeah, you really let yourselves you brought down. Brought the whole thing down. You didn't just let yourself down. You let your other shows down. You let Vince down. Yeah. You let Carl down. I'm 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 hurt. I'm hurt by this. We're not mad. Fuck you, Bruce. Just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and that was this week in wrestling. So, Carl, before we end the show, before we say our goodbyes, I think it's only fair to mention um, every week. Every week we put a little advert at the end of the show, which you might recognise the uh, the soothing baritone of Carl. Um, I'm mentioning our sponsor, which is uh, Florida.co.uk, which we encourage you to visit if you hadn't visit if you hadn't already. Uh, the reason I want to mention it sort of like this this week is because I think it's only fair to mention Carl to our wonderful sponsors that um, they have this week released the the merch store. If you want to give it a quick mention on some of the things you might be able to find on there. Yes, I mean, you know, historically, um, our, our sponsor is predominantly a news and planning service, um, but they've recently um, dipped their toes in the water of, of releasing um, some, some merchandise, some T-shirts and hoodies and um, kind of bags and, and things like that, caps, etc. cetera. Um, so, yeah, definitely go and check it out. Um, so, as always, you can head over to the website on florida.co.uk and then go on the shop link and um, you'll be able to see all the latest designs. So, yeah, I know I'm going to be having a look and uh, trying to pick up a few pieces myself for uh, for my holiday when I next go over there next year. So, yeah, um, I mean, check them out. Certainly, um, certainly one I want to mention, Carl. As you know, I'm a big fan of The Simpsons. Uh, oh, a bit yes. of the more the, the classic version of The Simpsons rather than what we have these days, but I won't go into <laughs> that. Um, but one of the shirts that I definitely want to pick up is the Orlando T-shirt, which is um, <laughs> stylized in, um, in a playful, uh, Homer-esque kind of way, which I, I thoughtly enjoy, and I'll definitely pick up one of those. <laughs> and I'm a right in saying, Carl, I'm a right in, it's certainly a very good fun, but I'm a right in saying that there's currently an offer on at the minute. Yes, I think I think they've got fifteen percent off um, for the next twelve days or so. I think the, the I think it was like a two week offer, and I think they must have launched it a couple of days ago. So you know, go. get in quick, get fifteen exactly, percent. Yeah. Pick up your hoodies, your t shirts, your caps, and various other things. Um, I think they've got tank tops and stuff. But naturally, for me, I look at caps, hoodies, and t shirts. So <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff there as well. But um, genuinely, guys, have a look, especially while there's an offer on. And uh, obviously, if you're planning on a trip to Florida, it's a very good website to visit. And um, that, unless there's any other closing notes, Carl, that is uh, that is another another week of the podcast. That is all from me. Awesome, right? So SmackDown has killed us. SmackDown, SmackDown. <laughs> we need to go and, uh, and and sleep that one off, I think. But um, yeah, until next week, guys. We'll see you all next time for another fun-filled week of wrestling. Take it easy, dudes. <laughs>